teams we've played haven't records haven't haven't been great. Um, but I can promise you, everybody that comes in and everybody that we play, we do get their best shot. Uh, and not to say I don't think everybody else does that, but when you play the Dallas Cowboys, I can promise you. Um, the other teams, it is a little bit bigger than, than some of the games that they play, and it comes from that comes from people around the league. They always talk about it. Players that come in, free agents that come in, they mention it. So uh, we're getting people's best shots. Uh, and then now as we move forward and teams with better records, we're still going to get their best shot. All right, that was Dak Prescott uh, talking about uh, this big game on Thursday night. Tonight, yeah, Dallas Cowboys taking on the Seattle Seahawks. And first of all, before we get to all that, uh, before we get to all that, Ashley Nicole Moss is here. Ashley Nicole, how you doing? I'm good. How about them Cowboys? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I know, like, has he, I've been working has he on always my done that? Has he always no, it's like done a new that? Thing. It's a new thing. Yeah. I, he, yeah. He must be raspy. I mean, the voice must be just like parched. It does have a lot, of, a lot of bass in it. You know, it has a lot oh, of it's got a lot. in it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, to do that on every, he does that on every call. I know we had the, yeah. you know, uh, several years ago, we had the Omaha. We kept hearing the Omaha calls Omaha. From, from Peyton Manning. And he was able to monetize that. So now maybe uh, Dak can monetize the here we go. But, I, I, it's here good to go see production. you because I want to ask you look. All right, here we go. That, that actually that's not bad. Ashley, that's not bad. That's not bad. I don't I don't hate it. Look, Dax, I know you money. are Slimey a I know you are a huge Cowboys fan and uh, I wonder if your fandom if you're able to put your fandom over here and your assessment <laughs> over there, you know, can <laughs> they do they kind of is it is it possible to put fandom over there and just your assessment of the Cowboys uh, it, compared to the rest of the NFL? In other words, if you think, let's say I think the the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in football. I do. Okay. Uh, where are the Cowboys? Are they second best? Are they fifth best? Tenth, uh, whatever. Well, how, how do you look at the Cowboys uh, compared to the rest of the league? I mean, it'd be hard for me to put them in a number ranking because I would have to, like, see some of the others. But if I had to say right now, top five, I think they're a top five football top team five. in the NFL. Um, I think it, you have to go ahead and put the Eagles at number one because Sa Bill Parcell says you are what your record says you are. I actually would be – are right. we just talking NFC? Okay, so Look if we're just that. talking NFC, I no, actually I'm talking the league, I, 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 Like, that's the playoff picture – and that's funny because the Falcons are there. Get them the hell okay. out of there. Get them so the hell out. So we're talking. Uh, if we're just talking NFL. NFC, top three. Nope. If we're talking NFL league, top five. Right yeah, now. Yeah, and so PFT says uh, they don't make the top five because they got the Jaguars uh, and mm -hmm. Dolphins in front of them. I wouldn't uh, Jaguars. I'm not sure. I I'd take yeah. the I take the Cowboys over the Jaguars. So now we're up to six, and the Dolphins are interesting because, you know, the same thing. The Dolphins do things that people accuse the Cowboys of doing. The Dolphins look great against inferior competition, against teams that are, are going somewhere and doing something. Uh, the Dolphins don't have that signature win yet. So I I flip a coin between the Dolphins. And Cowboys, which quarterback do I like better? I like Dak better than I like Tua. 
I like the Dolphins receivers better than the Cowboys receivers. I mean, how could you not with both of those guys? Uh, not to say the C.D. Lamb is a scrub, but, you know, going up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is pretty impressive. Coaching staff, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to put the Cowboys in five because I take my coach, Mike McCarthy, my coach, not yours, my coach, Ashley, Mike McCarthy over Mike McDaniel. So uh, I'll put them in the top five, but that's a long way of getting to this. If they are a top five team in football and it is damn near December, there's just look, this, not that Seattle's going to be an easy opponent. It won't be easy. You got to win this game. Right. I mean, it's just like you For have sure. to win this game tonight, period. There's no, hey, they played well. They made a few more plays than we did. Because I remember the last time you told me, the last time we talked, you said when the Cowboys see Philly again, Mm-hmm. They still gonna have a shot. They gonna mm-hmm. have a shot at the division. Uh, a, do you believe that? And B, is there just no excuse whatsoever for the Cowboys to lose this game tonight? Yeah, I still believe that. Um, I mean, the record shows that there's still a chance. Um, but yeah, I think this is a big must-win game for the Dallas Cowboys for a multitude of reasons. One, you don't want to go into your Philly rematch at home this time around on a loss. Um, That brings you then to four losses for the season. You don't want that. And then also, one, because that doesn't help you. And then two, you know, you have that NFC championship rematch between the 49ers and the Eagles coming up. And that can go one or two ways. Hopefully it goes in the way of the 49ers pulling out the upset. I think the Eagles are favored at home in that game so far. So you win your game, the Eagles lose their game, then the game in Philly or rather the game against Philly in Dallas is for all the marbles because then you'd be tied in record. And then that just opens the floodgates for the remainder of the season. So this game is a big deal in the sense that it could possibly set the changing of the guard, the changing of the tide for the Dallas Cowboys season. And also on the other side of that, the Philadelphia Eagles season. So yeah, you approach this game like you've approached every other game so far in the past few weeks and you play to win. You don't play with your food. It's not going to be easy. Seattle, although, you know, they're not a team that's going all the way. They play tough football and they're going to make it tough for you. You play your, your brands of football and you win that game. You're in a great position when you have to face Philly next Sunday. Yeah, really good position. Uh, let me let me ask you. Do you think that Philly will will beat San Francisco this week? Is that a trick question, Michael? Nope. Are you tricking me? Nope. Straight up. Nope. Nope. Uh, straight up. Uh, would I do that? Would I do that? No. Do I think no, okay. that they'll beat Philly? I yeah, think I mean, it's like if you had a possibility. It's obviously well, a possibility. You got, to, you got to make a prediction. Who who do you who no, do you I'm have in the game? I'm going to beat Philly. Okay, yeah. So okay, yeah. Yes. Then that makes your point definitely. So 49ers, uh, 49ers beat Philly, and then Dallas yes. wins this game. Okay, then it's on because down the stretch, because what Dallas doesn't have, and I think yeah, you got to win this game tonight. Um, right. A good opponent. A good opponent. Good, not great. Good. Fair. But it's it really is amazing. D- Dallas hasn't had that signature yet. I wonder they haven't had a signature win this season yet. And I wonder if they believe they can do that because they're going to have many opportunities. You got that Philly game and then looking at the schedule, you got the Dolphins on the schedule. You got the Lions on the schedule. I mean, 
there's some really good teams uh, uh-huh. on the slate. If you beat if you beat Philly, now come on. If you're able to beat Philly, while everything right. is, we, we expect we expect a, a divisional title. I just don't think it's going to happen. They need to prove to themselves. They need to prove to themselves that they can compete in this top five and not just be in the top five. Because like usually, like number five or six in, in the NFL's top five, they're not realistically they're not capable of winning the Super Bowl. It's usually like four. Usually like four teams that could do it. Five uh-huh. and six are kind of interchangeable. I don't know what Dallas can't change the narrative tonight, but maybe they can do something, a game within the game where they can convince themselves. I know it's Seattle, but this lets us know that when we take on Mm -hmm. Philly, we take on the Lions, we take on the Dolphins, that we're good. We're good. No, maybe 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 the outside world doesn't believe it. Outside world may not believe it, but we believe it. Well, I actually don't think that the Cowboys need the signature win for themselves because I think that this team believes Mm. that they can beat anybody. But I think that it's more for the opinion of this team for everybody else because you're right, they don't have a signature win. But I think that the Cowboys believe, I mean, if you listen to Michael Parsons talk about it, the situation against the Eagles when they lost that game was a fluke game. The 49ers, we play better brand of football than that, and they did after that. The game with the Eagles came down to the wire, so I don't think that this team needs the win for their own mentality. I think that's already there based on how they've been playing, how they've been rocking, how they've been rolling, how Dak Prescott's feeling right now, his girl dad power that he's he's harnessed since the announcement of, you know, being a new dad in March. So the team believes that they can win. It's everybody else who's still doubting them because to your point, they don't have that signature win against a fellow contender. And you win against Seattle tonight, you go into you go into that game against Philly that's your moment to change the whole season and the whole narrative about the Dallas Cowboys around, but you want to go into that game on a win, not a loss. All right. Uh, speaking of belief, I want to talk about this uh, before we take our first break. Belief. Belief can take you a long way, especially if you're 39 years old and you're thinking about your life, your birthday's coming up on Saturday, you're going to be 40. It's a big moment. You're reflective. Hey, I'm about to be 40 years old and I'm thinking about, hey, people didn't believe that I would make it this far as a quarterback. People didn't believe that I'd be this good. I remember sitting in the green room waiting for the Green Bay Packers to draft me. I remember that night on national TV, my Achilles was all messed up and people said I was done for the year. And now here he is, Aaron Rodgers, back at practice. And I'm looking at your feed and you're saying, hey, we get it, but don't do it. But Hey, I just told you, I just gave you like, hey, Aaron Rodgers, this is your life. Well, why not? He's 40. How many opportunities does he have to play football? If he can go back and do something and get belief in himself and belief in his teammates that anything is possible, even when you're the New York Jets and you're four and seven, anything is possible. Look at me. I'm out here. When people said I couldn't do it, you can do it. You can go on a run. We can win our last six. If it is 10 and 7, why not? Why not? Because it would, be, it would be absolutely insane because the Jets, although drastically better when Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, 
they're not a Super Bowl team at this stage of the season. And Aaron Rodgers isn't going to come in and flip a switch. The offensive line is horrendous. And the last thing you want is your 39-year-old quarterback or 40-year-old quarterback. 40. Saturday. Okay, let's say, let's, Birth, let's round birthday it up. Let's say, birthday let's say 40-year-old quarterback out there yeah. fighting for his life with an offensive line that can't protect him. But even more so... I will not discredit the fact that this new procedure that Aaron Rodgers has had on his Achilles injury is innovative. Now, again, we don't know how severe the injury was. It could have been right. not a full blown, you know, blown out of the Achilles. It could have been a minor, minor situation. We don't know. But regardless of the fact, 40 years old. You have an innovative surgery and 79 days later, you're cleared to return to practice that in itself is incredible. Now there's still rehab steps that have to be taken for him to get back to playing a football game. But I say all that to say it's so innovative that you don't really know if it works or if it doesn't work. And do you really want to test that for a season that's a wash? It works in the sense that he's able to return to practice, but you don't know if it works in the sense that he's able to play a football game. It's a new procedure. When I interviewed Sterling Shepard, he said when he had his injury, this surgery existed, but it was so innovative and so against the norm that, that he wasn't going to touch that. Like, it just wasn't something that people trusted. And maybe now with Aaron Rodgers and the quick turnaround, and depending on how healed he is come the next few months, it may become the new standard. But do you really want to test that right now, Michael? Would you go out there? I'm 39 years old. My birthday is Saturday. Nobody thought I could thought I could be here. Nobody thought I'd come this far. I've come this far. Why would I stop now? I'm about to be 40 years old. Hey, 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 it's my birthday. Why not? I can do it. Yeah, that, listen, go ahead. I'm, I'm with I, I understand people hating on Aaron Rodgers in this case. Oh, this is stupid. No, it's not. Go ahead and do it. See what happens. What's the worst thing? You aggravate the injury. Okay. Over the past couple of days, there's some pretty serious allegations. I know nothing is concrete there, but is there anything you can say in this situation? Yeah, I mean, I understand the question, obviously, but um, no, there's no further comment right now. Mark, obviously the situation changed since we last talked to you with the NBA, yep. that they were going to investigate the allegations online about Josh. Uh, any Does that change anything in terms of his status? Is he available to play? Will he play? Available to play, will play. Uh, no change in status uh, from a basketball standpoint. Still, I have no comment on anything else. And from a basketball, can you say what makes you comfortable with the decision to, for him to play now? Just with the information that we have at this point, you know, that's that's the decision that we've made. It's really not even a decision, to be honest with you. Mark, do you anticipate it affecting his availability moving forward as the NBA looks into it? I mean, it's obviously a league matter at this point, so it's going to be, you know, balls in their court on that. All right, welcome back to Brother from Another. We got Natalie here. What's up, Natalie? Good to see Hello. you there in the studio. Sure. And uh, the the situation, the situation that that they kept referring to, the situation, uh, Oklahoma City guard Josh Giddy uh, facing allegations he had a, a improper relationship 
with an underage girl. There are videos, there were videos. Uh, the user has kind of disappeared. The account has disappeared and, and been deleted, but there were videos that some people still have captured where uh, Josh Giddy is hanging out with uh, a young girl. Some say she was a junior in high school. Some say she was 17 years old. And Giddy was hanging out with the girl and her brother. Videos are there. There was one post uh, where the girl said, hey, I just finished uh, doing something. It's a grown up program. I'm not gonna, you know, just use your imagination. She said she just did something with Josh Giddy. And so uh, that's out there. These are allegations. The NBA is on it. Uh, Oklahoma City really not giving you much. Natalie kind of, it's a league matter. We have no other comment. That's the easy way out. These are allegations. I want to make that clear. These are allegations. So when we start to go down that road and, you know, why are, why this and why not that? Why did you talk about one thing one way and talk about this another way? Uh, I, I think we're in the early stages from where we from where we sit as media members. We're in the early stages of of an investigation that we may or may not get to the bottom of. Natalie, how do you see this story playing out right now in its early stages? I'll ask you that, and and Ashley, I want you to respond to whatever Natalie says. Yeah, I I just think. Look, I get the idea that the NBA wants to not rush to judgment or or the team until there's more. But I just think we're we're starting to get to a line with the NBA where that's the answer to everything and it doesn't always feel genuine. You know, it feels like it's a it's a cop out and it's a way not to actually take a position on something. This matter is in the very early stages. So that is correct. Uh, It came about, as you mentioned, because of these posts that went up on social media, you know? And so we know the police have come out. They issued a statement. Um, Now it's under investigation. So the police are investigating it, as well as I believe the NBA conducting their own investigation. But obviously for something that involves a potential minor, it's a very polarizing topic and people have a lot of opinions on it. You know, he played in Minnesota and he got booze, extensive booze the other night when he took the court, you know? And so this isn't going away. And I, like, if I was his lawyer, I would advise him not to answer questions. So we're not going to get much from them. They're not giving right. us much. So there's not much we can comment on, but I feel like the NBA, again, it depends because I don't know if he's using his lawyers when he talks to the NBA. I don't know what his representation is. But I feel like the basics of whether or not we, as long as we, unless those videos were altered in some way, unless they were doctored, I think it's fairly easy to ascertain whether or not he hung out with this woman, you know, her age, right? Because it it, it appears to be Josh Giddy in the video, right? And something, something like statutory rape is really what would be investigated here, right? That depends on the the state, the location where it happened, because different state different states have different ages of consent. But not knowing ignorance to a person's age is not a defense for it. So to me, there are things that the NBA can probably find out pretty quickly, and then make a decision about how they want to handle 
this situation. So to me, falling back on, well, we got to wait and see, in my mind feels like a cop out, but that's that's where we are right now. I agree. I, I feel my issue is, is that if this were just a Twitter accusation, he should absolutely be allowed to continue doing his job. Twitter is not an actual source. I know people think it is, but it's not. But now that there's enough information for not only the NBA to investigate, but now the Newport Beach Police Department to investigate, that changes the standard or the level at which this is at. So for him to be able to continue to not only practice and play, but travel with the team is a stain on what the NBA claims that their code of conduct is. They hold themselves to this high regard and that you can't put anything before the NBA and you're not going to go ahead and tarnish the NBA. Same with the NFL, that you're supposed to fall on the shield and it's NFL first and player second. So if that is the standard, this is not somebody who is accused. And again, an accusation is not a charge. So we're not saying that he's guilty, not saying that he's innocent. We don't know. The fact of the matter is, is that this is an investigation, an open investigation from two separate entities. And the fact that he's able to play through this investigation is, is a stain on the NBA because if this investigation goes one way, you allowed somebody who was involved with criminal activity because that is what this accusation is. It's a criminal accusation that is against the law in a multitude of different ways. The NBA runs the risk of walking with egg on their face that you allowed somebody who was found guilty to do this. And I know some people say, well, an investigation and an accusation is not a, is a chart. I agree. But you look at some of the biggest corporations in the world, right? Any Fortune 500 um, company. If you have enough accusations against you, you would be suspended from your job yeah, that's right. pending an investigation Correct. until Correct. it was cleared Absolutely. up. You would not be able to just show up to your job yeah. every single day as if nothing was going on. It gets to a point where enough is enough and whether you're innocent or guilty no longer matters. The smoke is enough for us to say, you know what? You need to take a pause. And when this goes away, or if it doesn't, we will then figure out what the next step is. So. It's it's worrisome, and to Nat's point, they're teetering a dangerous line here because, again, you don't know the facts, and this can go one of two ways, and are you really willing to take that gamble? And it seems that the NBA is, and that's a little bit of a problem. Just one thing really yeah, quick, you know Michael, what? Yeah, go I, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Natalie. Just, yeah. And it's also, in my opinion, inconsistent. We've talked about this already when we talked about like Miles right. Bridges and some of the other players, but John ja Morant, bring him up. I'm glad ja you did. Morant yep. is not playing basketball right now. He's suspended this season for 25 games. There was no criminal. <laughs> there were no criminal charges. No, no, there's nothing that he's been convicted of. Right. I know that there were some other investigations or things, you know, the, the fight and the, the reason was and other why that the reason was quote, because of conduct detrimental exactly. to the league. Exactly. So it's very inconsistent. And again, I just feel like with the John Morant situation, that was the league saying, 
you know, well, you told us you were going to do one thing and then you went back out and did another thing. So it was like a personal offense. Right. And it was all of this language in there about the role, the, the being a role model and what kind of example you're setting right. for kids. So these, yeah, deme- these, these people who are accused of domestic violence, these players, Josh Giddy, right, right now, what kind of role model, what, what, what example are you setting for kids? So it just feels very inconsistent to me. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great point, Natalie. And I think for a lot of us, I mean, the three of us here, and there are, there are many people, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people like us who love basketball, have followed basketball. It is part of, it's just part of who we are. We're basketball people. We love it. We love the sport. And because of that, because of the NBA and its history and because of its place in the culture, I think sometimes the NBA skates. The NBA gets the benefit of the doubt at times from fans because, oh, yeah, I mean, like, they're different. No, well, wait a minute. They're really not. You're not different than the other sports if you're not going to say, no, he's got to sit down right now. And Oklahoma City, you're just like any other team that instead of taking action yourself, you're going to wait for the league to do something when you know that there's a, there's a right thing to do. I look, and and you mentioned John Morant. Memphis did the same thing. Memphis did the same thing with, with, uh, with John Morant. They didn't really do anything uh, until the league kind of leaned in a little bit, but you shouldn't have to wait for the league to do something. You know that these are serious allegations. Why not just sit him down for a while? Hey, Hey, Josh, we're not saying you're guilty at all. But right now, this is not the time for me to be focused on basketball. And and for people who can't grasp that concept have never worked a corporate job. You can't just do whatever you want. And until you're proven guilty or innocent, there should be no repercussions. But to Nat's point going to something, because I haven't spoken on it, and I want to make this very, very clear when I say it, I understand the frustrations of black people in general, but but black athletes specifically when it comes to the double standards that are constantly being circulated and constantly being thrown in their face. I understand it. I get it. And it needs to change. But that in no way, shape or form should allow anybody to disrespect any media personality for doing their job, but specifically a black woman because the cards are stacked against us twice as much. So while I understand the frustration and there's validity in the frustration and we can go down the list, Ime Udoka was suspended for his job for an extramarital affair. Last time I checked, that's not illegal. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I understand the frustration. But but wait a minute, but no, no. Why? No, no, because look, you just said it. If I'm I'm gonna follow your logic, I'm going to follow your logic. And you said there are certain things in a corporate environment, whether it's illegal or not, there's certain things an organization won't stand for. So with Ime Adoka, this is not, uh oh, the NBA, the NBA didn't do it. The no, NBA no, didn't I'm, do I'm speaking, it. The Celtics. I'm speaking more I'm about saying, but, how it was. I'm speaking more about how it was covered, not whether or not he should have been suspended. Well, I'm talking about how it was okay. covered. We didn't know all the facts there. It was a lot of he said, she said. We had no idea what was going on within the four walls of the 
Boston Celtics organization. That didn't prevent us from talking about it. With the Josh Giddy situation, I can understand the frustration of maybe people not discussing it with what they I do can't. know in any capacity. Now, you can't dive into depth about it because you don't well, have the facts. So I do let's, understand let's, let's the go. frustration yeah. of the double standard, but that does not mean that you can just go around disrespecting people doing their jobs. That's where, that's okay. where it draws the line. I'm with you and, and Natalie, I want you to get in on this. Okay, I'm with you in the abstract. Uh, uh, Ashley, I'm, in, I'm with you in the abstract. I understand the frustration. Understand right. the frustration in the abstract. But specifically, Des Bryant, I have no idea. I have no idea why you took the approach that you took. It is shameful. It is disgusting what Des Bryant did. It's disgusting mm -hmm. and it's hateful. And it is borderline misogynistic. Like, where are you going Absolutely. with this, bro? Like, what are you doing? So what we what we've got to do. Let me just speak for black people. And what we got to do as black people is learn to disagree without being personal, without really mm -hmm. personally going in. If you if you disagree with the journalism that Malika Andrews did, because that's who he was talking about in a nasty thread on Twitter, really nasty. If you disagree with her journalism, what is, what does uh, her, whether she went to public school, private school or homeschool, what does that have to do with it? What do her parents have to do with it? saying her parents didn't raise her right? Saying she's going after uh, black men and she's targeting black men? In the case of Brandon Miller, and that's what he was going at, Brandon Miller, it was, it was an allegation as well, but there was more of a story. There were more details that we knew about. We knew about the details of Brandon Miller in Alabama. There was an investigation. He was cleared of wrongdoing in this investigation. There was a, a, a teammate who asked him to bring a gun. Hey, bring me my gun. My gun is in your car. He brought the gun back to his teammate. He did not know. He told investigators, I did not know my teammate was going to do this to like harm someone. Investigators agreed with him. He was not charged with anything. But you've got to be out of your mind to think that is not worthy of bringing up. It was brought up during the NCAA tournament. Why would that not come up on draft night? That is a legitimate question. It's a question. It's not a commentary from Malika Andrews. She's doing her job. So, I mean, I just, I, I can't get down with that. I, I, I don't know what Des Bryant's point is. I'm not feeling it. I'm not, I think he's wrong. I think he's wrong. Uh, he apologized for the, t the aggressiveness, but you got to apologize for more than that. And don't apologize on X, Twitter, whatever it is. Really step up. And, and uh, you know, contact her personally uh, because that was just that was just above and beyond anything that is reasonable. Uh, I'm sorry, Natalie. I, no, I, I, I told you I wanted you to get involved, that's okay. but I just got going. It's no, really that's it's, all right. it just bothers me. Okay. So, uh, what, both, what are your thoughts you both, on it, Natalie? You both said so many things. Okay, and I've been trying to keep the points in my head. Okay, but first of all, this this whole idea about Yes, Ashley is correct, and I agree with her in terms of, like, the, the disparate treatment in terms of how sometimes black athletes are covered versus members of other race. But the problem to me, where it lies, is 
when people come for Malika Andrews, and this is a much bigger conversation, it's a deeper conversation, and the Malika Andrews thing, by the way, has been going on for a long time, and there's other, there's other layers to this, right? Why black men feel that Malika Andrews uh, doesn't like black men. This is not, so Des Bryant is just the most prominent person to come out with this, but this has been an ongoing conversation. And why some black men, just said, just some, the editors, yeah. some, 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 some black, black men, okay, right? Yeah. Okay. And, right. And, yeah. and, and have been targeting her, right? This Root article is back to 2022 because it's, it's actually been going on for a while and many people have been speaking up for Malika Andrews, right? But there's like this thing where it's like, nothing critical can be said. You know, we see it with Deion Sanders. We see it with anyone else. It's like, we're only supposed to praise. We can only say nice things and we cannot be critical. So I just want to, when with respect to Brandon Miller and how he went about attacking Malika Andrews, and you brought up the point, I just want to clarify that he hasn't, you know, Brandon Miller, when you say he wasn't, um, he was cleared of any wrongdoing. He wasn't charged with a crime. And that's because they determined they couldn't charge him with a crime. But I just want to be clear that, in my opinion, he, there was a wrongdoing. He facilitated a crime. What, whether he knew or not, he brought someone a gun. And Jamia Harris, let's just say her name because she gets overlooked. A black 23-year-old right. woman died. Parents lost a child. So forgive me, people, that I am not bothered by the fact that Brandon Miller may be inconvenienced during the draft because Malika Andrews mentions the fact that this happened. It was a, wild, a, a widely covered news story, okay? It's forever going to be affiliated with him. It will always come up. That is what happens. But she didn't try to disparage him. She talked about the facts of that situation as we know them. Right. And it cannot be that when we were just discussing a factual situation, because it involves a black man, that it should not be covered. And when they say, you know, his kids may hear that later, hello again, Jamia Harris. Right, right. You know, her parents will never have her ever again. She right. is gone. That is a minor inconvenience to me. He gets to live and carry on with his life, right? And so this thing is ridiculous with Malika Andrews. It really is. And like I said, it's very layered because there's just other things there. It's about who her partner is and they don't like the fact that the people who are critical of her, her, you know, she's biracial. Her partner is a white man. And so there's other things there because initially the boys loved her. The boys loved her on right. Twitter and they were so excited when she got her new job. And then all of a sudden when it right. came out who her partner was and other things, now there was like this really deep look at her coverage and how she does things. Yeah. So it, it's really unfair. And I'm sorry. The last point that I just wanted to make in general. Go ahead. Hey, hey, go ahead. This idea when it comes to we have to wait till someone is proven guilty or innocent and all these things, I just need the energy to be the same because it's not consistent. First of all, we do not always wait before we form opinions on things ever, right? Like if this involved, uh, if, if there was a crime, police violence, a black person was killed, something, we don't wait and rush, right? We're like, he did it, he might get away. There, there's no waiting. And I, I just find it interesting that in those situations, you don't wanna wait. But in any other situation, you want to wait. The, 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 the point is when a jury or a judge or whoever decides on a matter, they're making a decision based on the facts. 
presented to them. So when we form an opinion, we're doing the same thing. Yes, we may not have all the information, but we're doing the same thing. And and even if someone is found guilty or innocent, or if it's a civil case and there's they there there's an award, that doesn't mean that the person did or didn't do it. It means that the case was proved or not proved. Um, or something, you know, based on what was presented, the, this is the determination that was made. And so many factors play into that. Um, if you can afford good counsel, different things. So the outcome of a court decision does not mean that someone did or didn't do something. And I don't have to accept that as gospel or Bible yeah. in terms of forming my opinion about someone. Sorry, I know that I'll was long. No, no. I'll, I'll no, uh, close uh, out go ahead. with land, this. Land a plane that... on this one. Land a plane on this, Ashley, and then we'll, uh, we'll, I, go, to, again, we'll go to a break. I, I, I'll say this. I understand the validity and the frustration and the ideology of double standards because it's, it exists, it, it's real, and it's not just in the world of sports. It's in corporate America. It's in the world that we live in, and it's the unfortunate reality of being a black person in this country, and I get it. But everything's in your delivery and everything is in the way that you present your emotions and Malika Andrews and anybody else in the world of journalism. And yes, there are bad apples and there are bad seeds that are continuously pushing certain narratives and biases. But journalism is about telling the facts, telling the story. And sometimes those facts are ugly and sometimes they're not. And while I understand being frustrated with the entities that are media and how they may lean more one way than the other, that's not an individual crusade. She's not deciding, I'm going to only talk about this. There's a power that be that goes way above her. So I understand the frustration, but this in a sense is kill the messenger because your problem is not with one individual, whether it's her, whether it's Natalie, whether it's you, whether it's myself, your problem is with the foundation that media, the ugly foundation in parts that media is built on. And that leans heavily in the direction of black people in this country. So I understand the frustration, but it's misguided anger. And I would wish that people would really do more research in how this whole thing works and direct that anger and frustration and and cause for change, if you will, to the right people. Because Des, and I'm a fan of Des, have been my entire life, obviously being a Cowboys fan, but he, the, the message in which he was trying to get across there's a message there but the direction was wrong and that's why it got misconstrued yeah uh let's uh, let's take a break yeah yeah we all should we all should uh it would be i go to therapy but i'm not saying that in judgment i am a proponent of it everyone knows that weekly weekly so you're not i'm not saying that in judgment you're right we all need it i'm sorry michael i didn't mean to cut you off i'm gonna no, no, it's good. I was just saying we all should do it. And uh, I'm glad that we the three of us had this conversation when it, when Natalie was off the air and I saw her shirt. I said, great shirt. She said it will help somebody. So I hope the shirt helps someone. I hope the conversation helps someone. Uh, just listening to you two certainly helped me more brother from another uh, coming up after this. Kim, so Angel will play tomorrow with one practice under her belt or a couple or can you say or no practice angel is available to play tomorrow hey coach we saw um, but if you want to know angel's been practicing 
Do you want to know how many hours, how many days, no, specifics? Good. Good. She's not going to show up tomorrow and play a game. What do you expect to see from her uh, I tomorrow really, night? I really, based on what I have seen, I really think Angel will just be like Angel. I mean, she's just been good. She's been really good in practice. Kim is so right, aggy. Yeah. She's so I know, like, aggy. LSU, yeah, yeah. LSU coach Kim Mulkey uh, talking about the return of star forward Angel Reese. Angel Reese missed four games, but LSU's number seven. They take it on number nine, uh, Virginia, and Angel Reese is back. So how do we feel about this? Because we never really, never really got an explanation. Our Angel Reese went away. We got a cryptic social media post from Angel. We get the usual from Kim Mulkey, who had just, like, I was so conflicted, uh, uh, Ashley and Natalie. So last year, I'm rooting for LSU in the national championship game, but I'm like, damn, but if they win, Kim, Kim Mulkey's going to win. All of our conflict. I'm like, I, Everyone's uh, conflict. What, <laughs> Honestly, what do I do Michael, with this? Michael, <laughs> like, I know everybody has, like, this thing about always knowing everything and, like, that salt. Like, at this point, it doesn't even matter why she wasn't there. Like, you're never going to get an answer. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes yeah. you just have to let bygones be bygones and just say, you know what, hopefully, if it was something personal, she's okay and, and, and she's dealt yeah. with it. If it wasn't, if it was academic, let's, you know, see, make sure, you know, obviously that's been handled. Whatever it is, is no longer an issue. So you have no choice but to move past it. Angel's not going to talk about it. Kim's clearly not going to talk about it. She talks in circles about it. You're never going to get a straight yeah. answer. I she, think that yeah, people I, who I got were that. rooting on the downfall of this young woman can go ahead and put their, woman can put their tweets back in the drafts. That's not going to happen. And unfortunately, we're not going to get an answer. And I, listen, at 30 years old, Michael, one thing I learned in my 20s is sometimes you don't you don't always get the answer you want. Sometimes you don't get closure. You got to move on anyway. And that's where I am Ooh. with this. I don't even care. I don't even care why that's she wasn't a, there. And listen, that should, like, that, that should be the uh, name. That should be the name of, of this episode. Sometimes you don't get closure. Sometimes not, you not, don't not. get closure. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you don't, don't get closure. You know what? Yeah. For uh, me, I never. I see the needed... wheels turning, Natalie. Yeah, I see the wheels turning. What's up? I personally, me, mm-hmm. Natalie. So I'm going to state that very clearly. And even though I'm going to state that very clearly right now, I'm going to still get attacked in the mentions, but that is okay. I never cared okay. about knowing why Angel was absent. Didn't need to know that. The problem was always Kim Mulkey's message, right? It was it Fair. was her it was her messaging. And the reason I Fair. bring that up, right? Because we've talked about this the last two weeks on the show, and people are very interested in this topic. Uh Andres is very polarizing for people. You 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 sat down and talked to her, um, mm-hmm. Ashley. So you you've had the chance to talk with her. And so you know how much people are interested in Angel Reese. And mm-hmm. and the issue was always the messaging. And the reason why I was critical of Kim Mulkey is because Angel Reese is depicted very unfairly in the media, very unfairly in the media. And it's because she's a black woman, okay? And this is an ongoing issue with women's basketball, okay? And how she's portrayed and how she's discussed and how she's talked about. And so in my opinion, and some of the other people who've come on and spoke about this, we said the messaging needs to be better to protect Angel. So she said she's trying to protect her. 
I don't feel that you were or that that was the best method because how so? Natalie, she, how so? How could she have done it? How could she it have left too much room? It left too much room for people to make up their own assumptions on exactly. why she wasn't there. Was it academic? Was it personal? Is she no longer caring about basketball? Like as a coach, she could have just came out and said, Angel's taking some time right. away from the team and been vague and you know she's dealing with personal matters but she will be rejoining like something don't leave room yeah. for interpretation for somebody who already has a target on their back that's what that's where but it got messy there's also yeah, professionals I, 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 there's professionals designed to help you with messaging if you don't know but i have given course. examples yeah. on the show right like in that first time when she benched her they were winning very big they had a big lead so when someone said why'd you take her out we had a big lead we didn't think angel needed to play anymore like there's so many ways right. you could have answered that but yeah. she has this uh, defiance about her, right? And she, she doesn't feel does. right doesn't that she? she should be questioned. Always. And she takes this condescending tone. So that is my issue with her. And yes, I'm sorry, but I feel that Angel needs to be protected and you didn't do the best job of protecting her. So I hope for the rest of the season she can be protected because she will be continued to be vilified. But that was always my issue with it. I don't need to know why that girl was out. That's that's their Yeah, business. I don't. Well, respectfully, well, don't you don't care. need to know why. <laughs> but okay. But if you don't need to know why why she was out, and let's say just to be fair, uh, if if Kim Mulkey says the same thing, I don't want these people to know why she was out. I want to protect her, but I don't want them to know why she was out. So I can't. So if it's academic, hey, there are two things with that. If it were academic, you tell people that that's not protecting her. That makes her look bad. So. You don't but want you to can say that. But from if context, you can determine it's not academic. It's not academic. But if you say for personal things, reasons, if you say it's for personal reasons, that's also vague. Yeah, but you know by, I mean? by saying, by generalizing whatever it was, so whether it's not academic, but let's just put that in there so we have options. Whether it was academic, whether it was personal, whether it was fatigue, whatever it was, when you generalize it, Yes, there's still room to, oh, what kind of personal matter? But listen, I already told you what it was. You want to go ahead and nitpick that and try to figure out that's your prerogative, but you still let everybody know if you're thinking it's academic, it's not. If you're thinking it's this, it's not. If people want to then nitpick the answer you gave, listen, knock yourself out. I gave you your answer. You're not getting more than that. You're not getting less than that. But she gave nothing she went around in circles and played like i don't know you tell me what do you think it is like it that's where it got annoying and she can also she can also disqualify the things that hurt angel so the the the, the academic we know it's not that so to say this this has nothing to do with her grades so there was things that she could have done and she didn't and like look kim mulkey has a history we're not going to dive into it but the past with Brittany Griner, everything. So like, she just doesn't do a good job of protecting her players. And I'm going to call her out for that each time that she does. And that's, that's, that is what it is for me. Yeah. And I think like a lot, like a lot of college basketball uh, coaches, they don't do a good job of protecting their players because they don't center their players. The program is about them. It's about what they think. It's about how it's about their control over the players, over the media at times over the provost over the president and so they have a standing uh on campus where they feel like hey i I don't have to do this i can play this game with you and what are you going to do about it but uh, i want to know from you in the short time that we have left both of you uh how do you think this will play out this year for lsu uh we have already seen uh surprising losses for lsu seen surprising losses for uh iowa uh this year do you think that LSU will be back 
uh, in the final four? Do you think Angel Reese will be back to being herself as Kim Mulkey said? How do you see it playing out? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because first of all, I don't think LSU should have dropped to seven because of one loss. <laughs> it literally was one loss and they've actually been winning without Angel Reese. So to me, Th like that should be a sign that like they're doing this without Angel yeah. Reese and you still have um, Haley Von Lith who has to get herself more acclimated and they're still trying to like work that out. So I expect LSU to be to be down there at the end. Um, who should get the attention is Dawn for South Carolina, how basically she has that squad rolling, even though people tried to play her in the beginning of the year and not properly rank the team. I don't think Iowa's losses are that surprising. Um, Caitlin Clark, I'm glad they realized that they need to stop stop making her just shoot the ball all the time. Spreading it around between her teammates is better for her game as well as them, and they also just need to get her some better help. So uh, I think LSU is going to be back there. I think Iowa will be there, and so will the, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Great for and women's basketball. You Bill Belichick. Answer the damn question next time. Get <laughs> on my nerves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of people who just talk in circles and mumble, he mumbles – Sometimes he snorts. He snorts he snort. at the microphone. It's just like, it's nasty. I do. What are you doing? He tried to be Greg Popovich, missed with Bill Belichick, but it didn't hit the same. You know what I mean? It's not as endearing. I, I don't know, but now nah, Popovich doesn't, doesn't hit all that much uh, to me either. Anyway, Ashley, good to see you. Natalie, great as usual. Thank Take you. care, everybody. Thanks for hanging out.